You guys ready to get financial freedom? I hope so, okay, this is gonna be a good series. Guess what, every time a pastor talks about money, people are like, oh no, he wants my money, and I'm gonna tell you today, no, I want you to have more money, okay? I'm serious about that, and I think God wants you to have financial freedom that we're talking about today. Um, so I'm excited for this series. I think it's gonna really bless a lot of people when they see what God has to say for their finances. Well, my name's Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Rise Church Denver, and we are all about helping people follow Jesus. We wanna help you follow Jesus, and for you in turn to help others follow Jesus, because following Jesus is the path of the fullest life and the only path to eternal life, and he has a path of financial freedom for your life as well that we will be talking about in this series. You know, one of the worst things about our country, I love our country, but one of the worst things is our history of slavery, right? I mean, it's like one of the worst things about our country. Since 1619, there were slaves in our country. That's over 400 years. It's a terrible uh, thing in our country. And when you think about people being owned by other people so they don't have the freedom to make their own decisions, to live where they want, to do what they want, that's a terrible, awful thing, right? Let me tell you something. Most Americans are living in a slavery of their own choosing because of their finances. And it's time to wake up to that reality so that we can find the financial freedom that God wants for us. And that's what we're gonna be talking about in this series. Um, we're gonna be kicking it off today and it's gonna run five weeks. Somebody asked, oh, are you going into Easter? Like, no, that might not be the best topic for that Sunday. Um, we are gonna, on Easter Sunday, that, that's, that series will end the week before that. Easter Sunday, guess what, guys? We got four service times we're gonna have on Easter because that's how many people we expect to have in this place. So yeah, I'm excited about that. Already be thinking about your friend, your one who you're gonna invite to that Sunday to one of our service times. It's gonna be great. Um, but for the next five weeks, we're gonna be talking about how to find financial freedom in this series so we can get wise about our finances. Um, today also is a special day. Um, we, we schedule this every once in a while and sometimes we do it spontaneous, but we got some baptisms today in this service. You guys excited? Right now, right now we got four people getting baptized today in this service, and I, there might be someone else who feels something in your heart like, hey, maybe I need to go public with my faith, because that's what baptism is. It's faith going public, and if you've never done that, if you haven't made the decision, we have shirts in the back, we have some shorts in the back, we have towels in the back, so there's no reason for you not to get baptized today, so if you want to do that, you can head to the back even right now, and, and someone will meet you at our table with shirts and everything, and we're going to do the baptisms right at the end of our service, but until then, we're talking about finding financial freedom. You guys ready for this? Okay. Financial um, debt, financial slavery, like I said, is something that is rampant in our country. And in fact, I want you guys to have a good visualization for that. So in order to do this, I need four volunteers. Can I get four people who are willing to volunteer? Okay. I got one right here. You raise you too, you, you wanna come up? Okay, come on up over on this side. Um, and then two more over here. Yeah, this is good. Okay, we got four now that are coming up. Coming up over these steps right here. Um, uh, careful, they told me, watch out for that camera. If you mess it up, Maddie, it's on you, okay. You're gonna owe some money on that. <laughs> careful, okay, come on over. Stand right here, if you can line up, kinda just right here. And what are your names? Michelle. Michelle. Caitlin. Caitlin. Maddie and Izzy, we have, can we welcome them to the stage? Okay, so just kind of line up. Okay, so these four people represent America, okay? So these are the four uh, people that represent all of America. So I want you to think about this. Three out of four people in one survey in the last month, so three out of four, so if we can just imagine these first three, you can raise your hand for right now. Those three people report feeling stressed in the last month regarding their finances. 
Okay, you can put those hands down. Three out of four. Three out of four as well are, are probably stressed because they are living paycheck to paycheck. Three out of four Americans living paycheck to paycheck. Two out of four, let's just see a couple hands. Two out of four, uh, maybe use two so you get to raise your hand too, Izzy. Okay, you two. Two out of four report fighting with their significant other about finances. Okay, you can put those hands down. Two out of four. Two out of four as well have no budget or financial plan at all. Two out of four. You don't have to raise your hand in the audience. Uh, two out of four as well do not have at least $500 in their savings account. So can we see two hands? You don't have, yeah. Two, so two out of four don't even have $500. So if even just a small emergency hit, they wouldn't know how to find money. They'd have to sell something or, or, or do something to, just to get that $500. One out of four though, one out of four has $0 saved at all. They have nothing. <laughs> and one out of four people wish they never had to deal with finances at all. Okay, there's too many hands on that one. Okay, can we say thank you to our four Americans? Thank you, guys. You can head back to your seats. Thank you, Izzy. Um, so, yeah, if you just look at the state of America, and we're actually going to talk about some more details and statistics when it comes to debt in a little bit, but... Americans are struggling financially. So if we're just uh, some representative sample, some of you maybe are experts with finances, but, but some of you are, are way on the other end, right? Like you're really struggling. But wherever we are, I think all of us can learn a little bit because when we don't have the money, we can't do the things we wanna do. We can't live the way we wanna live and we certainly can't be generous the way God has called us to be. So if we wanna find financial freedom in our own lives, we have to get smarter, we have to get wise and learn what God has to teach us. So that's what I'm going to challenge you and encourage you today and throughout this five-week series. Um, and it's really good. Some of you guys don't even realize this, but in this Bible, in this book, are so many lessons about finances. Even just in the book of Proverbs, which is gonna be the main thing we're gonna be looking at over the next few weeks. Just in the book of Proverbs, Dave Ramsey, who I will also quote in this series, he says that if you just study the book of Proverbs and what it says about your money, and you apply it, it's like getting an MBA in finance. Okay, some of you have gone to, into debt to get go to school. No, just read the Bible, okay? There's that much in there to teach us how to be wise with our money. Um, one person counted that there are 2,350 verses in the Bible related to money. In case you can't wrap your mind around it, that is twice as many verses that talk about prayer and faith combined. Oof. Even Jesus, we wanna follow the way of Jesus, right? Jesus spent more time talking about money than talking about heaven and hell. In fact, half of his parables, the stories that he told, half of them are related to money and material possessions. Meaning money is a big deal because it's a big deal in our lives, right? And God wants us to be free. He, he doesn't want us just to be free from our sin. And that's probably the best and most important thing. That's why we talk about it a lot but he also wants us to be free when it comes to our finances. So that's what we're going to focus on over the next five weeks, including today. So if this is your first time here or you're joining us online, I wanna ask every single person here to make a commitment to this entire five-week series. 
And if you're just checking us out, how are you gonna know if you like our church at all unless you give us a few weeks, okay? So commit to five weeks, even if you're like, sorry, Matt, I'm traveling, spring break's coming up. That's okay. You can subscribe online to YouTube or to your podcast app and you can get all the messages. There's no reason for you to miss the five messages in this series. And I think it's really gonna pay dividends for your life because God wants something better for you when it comes to your finances. Now, for those of you who are really struggling in debt or or you don't know how to manage your money, man, this is gonna help you a lot. But some of you are like, no, Matt, I already know a lot. I I do have an MBA in finance. Okay, wherever you are, I want you to take a second and I'm gonna be asking you to take notes and do all sorts of stuff in this series. So I just want you to take a second and, and think of what grade you'd give yourself on managing your personal finances right now. And you can take out your phone, you can give yourself, you can write a little note and I want you to give yourself a grade right now. Because whatever grade you'd give yourself, we're gonna increase that, okay? Can we do that? We're gonna take it up another letter grade. So even if you're failing, we're gonna at least get you a D, okay? We're gonna get you passing, okay? Barely passing. But we're gonna try to increase, even if you're an A, let's get you up to an A plus when it comes to your personal finance. That's really what my hope is for you in this series so that we can learn some of this wisdom, get smart, and get financially free. So we are gonna be today in the book of Proverbs chapter six. If you have your Bible open with me to that book, if you have a smartphone, download the YouVersion Bible app and you can find our Rice Church Denver event right there in the app. And in there, not only will it have the scripture, room to take some notes, but it will also have a link to our website because for this series, it's a very practical series and there's gonna be some stuff that you're gonna need to do on your own. Like this is not just a talk about it series. Um, and so it, there's a link to a page on our website at risedenver.com money, and it's going to have a lot of different tools, um, links, articles that are going to help you get wise with your finances as well. Um, But we are today starting in Proverbs chapter 6, and we're going to learn three different things because what we need to do today, guys, today's message is a wake-up call. So I'm telling you, wake up, okay? It's time to wake up, and that's why I even have a nice little alarm clock for you guys today, to just remind you that it's time to wake up. Whatever your financial situation is, it's time to stop letting the bills just pile up and not open them. It's time to actually understand how much debt you owe, where your financial position is, because we've got to wake up if we want to find financial freedom. That's going to be the first step, is to wake up and get to work. to wake up and get the, or stop hitting the snooze button. It's time to get to work and manage our finances. So we're gonna learn three things that we need to wake up from and what we need to do when we wake up. And the first one is this. Wake up to the dangers of debt and flee from it. It's the first thing we're gonna learn. Wake up to the dangers of debt and flee from it. So we're gonna start in Proverbs chapter six, verse one. Solomon writes, my son, okay, I wanna stop right there. I'm not getting very far, right? My son, so Solomon, he's the one who wrote these Proverbs and Solomon was King David's son, King David the great king and then Solomon becomes king and he's ruling this whole kingdom and God says to him, I love this. He's like, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. I mean, it's like a genie moment, right? God doesn't do that for most of us. But, but Solomon, what he asked for is wisdom. He could add anything and he says, God, make me wise. So God was like, that's a good prayer, Not only am I gonna make you wise, but I'm also gonna give you everything else as well. And Solomon became the wisest person to ever live. And on top of that, God made him the richest man to ever live. So he ruled a nation 
and he was the richest man. I mean, he's Elon Musk combined with the president of the United States. He's got it all wrapped into one. So he had everything. And after experiencing having all the money in the world, the richest man, he writes to his son to teach him some lessons. This would be like if you could sit and listen to what Warren Buffett was teaching his kids. Okay, it's that good. And now he's saying my son because he's writing to his son and we just get to intercept this thing that he wrote to his own child. And he's writing this in love. There's some hard words to hear, but he's saying this in love. Like, I want the best for you, son. And, and that's what God is saying to us. Son, daughter, I want something better for you when it comes to your finances. So we read this. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have shaken hands in pledge for a stranger... You have been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth. What is he talking about here? He's talking about debt. It's actually a very specific kind of a debt. It's taking on somebody else's debt. <laughs> okay, this is like co-signing on a loan. If you put up security for somebody else, so somebody else owes money and you say, hey, I'll, I'll help with that. If they can't pay, I'll do it. Okay, not only is debt bad, but this is like even worse. And in today's America, anybody can get a loan, okay? You can get money wherever you want. So if someone comes to you and said, hey, I can't get a loan, you probably shouldn't give them a loan. Let, just a little word of wisdom right there, okay? So this kind of debt is extremely bad because it's somebody else's debt. So if they can't pay it, it's on you. But what he's saying is that that specific kind of debt traps you by what you say. You have put yourself in a trap. You have put yourself ensnared into slavery by the words of your mouth, but the Proverbs don't just tell us it's that specific little type of debt that's bad, that could really harm us. It's really about all forms of debt. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse seven, we also read that the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Did you know that's in the Bible? The borrower becomes the lender's slave. Now the lender owns you or a portion of you and you are forced to pay them. And now they control you and your future. You have to pay them, and if you don't, they'll take you to court. They, in those days, would even put you literally into slavery if you couldn't pay your debt. But we live that slavery because now we can't spend the money we want on the things we want because we have chosen to get into debt. And let me tell you, debt is bad. Okay, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have had debt go to collections? Some of you have, are not opening envelopes. You're not answering your phone. You've changed your phone number. You have moved because of the debt you're in. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand on this. I in college had this happen to me. Debt collector was calling me up. It was a very small bill, but I was like, uh-oh. Like it was a scary time in my life. I was like, man, and how am I gonna pay that? Plus all these other bills that are going, because this is what happens. Like you, you pay for things that you don't have the money for. And then by the time you think you can pay them off, there's new things to pay for, right? You know, one of the 10 commandments, the top 10 rules, thou shalt not steal. What we do is actually steal from our future self. We've done it. We made the decision. Our own mouths have got us into it. Our signing on the dotted bond or our clicking with our finger has gotten us into a debt and into a slavery. We're trapped. And this is a big deal. I want you guys to understand how bad it is in America. Not only is our nation in a lot of debt, but we as individuals are as well. The average American owes $103,358. Okay, that's a lot of money. $103,000 the average American owes. And it's even worse here in Denver, okay? Coloradans have the third most debt in the country. We're, we're not doing well. Colorado has the third worst debt. And sometimes we get into this mindset of, of thinking, well, hey, um, if I just have these payments and I can make the payments, 
and I can still live above the payments. And this is what people tell you to do so they, you buy more house than you need, that you spend money that you don't need, you buy a better car that you don't actually need because you're like, oh, I can manage the payments. But here's the thing. If we actually woke up to the reality of our debt, I don't think we would feel that way because what's happening is we're paying other people before we pay ourselves. Now, I did a lot of math for you guys today. You can thank me later. Okay, I did a lot of math. And I just said, okay, well, what is the average Coloradan owe in debt? And I found out this number. And if you had to, guys, get this. If you had to work from January 1st and every dollar you made go to pay your debt. I'm just saying minimum payments, debt service. If you just had to pay your debt from, from January 1st and kept, keep paying until you paid all that off and then you can make money for yourself. Do you know how long it would take for you to just to manage your debt? It would take till March 27th for the average Coloradan. And that doesn't even include what we're paying in taxes. Once you start paying the tax man too, it's not until May 28th where you're paying yourself $1. Now, if you knew you had to work almost six months, I'm sorry, five whole months to pay off your debt, if you knew that, would you still be managing all that debt that you have? No, that sounds like slavery to me, to work for somebody else and not make any money for myself. Five months of the year, most Coloradans are living in debt slavery, just managing that debt. That's a scary statistic that we're living in. And what's even worse is that a lot of this debt we can't manage very well because new things come up, emergencies happen, there's new things to spend on. And what happens is that one third of us have unpaid debts or bills that get reported to collections, one third. And this has a negative impact on us. Most people, so the majority of people, if they're asked just about their debt, how does it make you feel? Most people say, hey, it's a, it has a negative impact on my life. Two out of three millennials, I'm a millennial, okay? Two out of three of us in one survey said that our number one goal in life is to get out of debt. It's the number one thing, the most important thing in a lot of millennials, I just gotta get out of debt. That's like my dream, okay? What a terrible dream just to get out of debt, but, but we know it, we need freedom. One really sad statistic is that people who do miss payments, it really affects their mental health. Once you start getting behind on a couple payments, they say that suicidal ideation increases 11-fold. We're really talking about a matter of life and debt here, okay? It's a matter of life and debt. We feel it, don't we? It is a burden. It is a slavery that we have put ourselves in. And what we're taught here in this passage is that we need to wake up to that reality and start fleeing from it. Now, some people say that there's like good debt and bad debt. It's all bad debt. Can I just say that? Okay. People, some people that are Christians are like, you shouldn't have any debt. The, the scriptures don't actually teach that. I've looked through all of it but it does say that debt is bad. And I say that it doesn't say don't ever get in debt. In fact, Jesus tells us when there's the poor, we should lend to the poor. So why would we give them loans if it's bad for them to have a loan, okay? We should give generously to the poor. But it also tells us in Romans 13, eight, that we should have no debt withstanding. So we should pay off all our debts. Debt is a bad thing. It's just, is it a little bad or a lot of bad? Okay, if it's a, it's a home mortgage so you can live and it's a, a manageable size house and a manageable payment and it's like 3% or 4%, I mean, that's like a dream scenario, right? On your mortgage interest, like that might be less bad debt. Let's be honest, it's less bad debt 
than credit card debt, which now has an average interest rate of 25%. 25%. If, if every $4 you, you had to pay on something, you're actually paying five, like, would you buy that thing? It's like, no, and it multiplies, right? The interest grows and the interest on the interest on the interest, that's what you're paying with credit cards. And there's even worse, there's, there's things like buy now, pay later. You guys heard of some of these things? Like every website has it now on your apps. It's like, oh, Klarna, Affirm, Afterpay. If you don't know what that is, praise God, okay? It's like, oh, you don't have to buy this thing and pay for it right now. You can have it right now and charge you later. But those interest rates are even higher. They're exorbitant. And what's really sad about these things is that 60% of people who choose to use that struggle to pay those payments. This is stuff they already own and they're trying to pay for it. It gets even worse. Two thirds of people who use these services are paying debt on things they no longer even own. We're really stealing from ourselves, aren't we? And, And that's why, okay, there might be some debt you have to have, like it's really hard to buy a house in America, especially in Denver, right? But man, we gotta try to flee from debt because all debt is bad. It's just a degree of how much. And some debt will kill you. So we need to learn to flee from it. And that's what Solomon tells us to do. Wake up and get to work, he says. Look at verse three. He says, so do this, my son. He's like, I love you, son, to free yourself since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands. Go to the point of exhaustion and give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyelids, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself, he says, like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of a fowler. Have you guys ever watched a gazelle? Okay, if you see a gazelle, they're very graceful creatures and they run and gazelle kind of leap. You seen them just, right? And they go far, right? Have you ever seen them like on a video, like being chased by a lion? They're leaping. They're like, they're going fast, as fast as they can, just to try to get away from the predator, from the hunter, right? That's how we should be with our debt. That's how we should be. And it says like a bird from the snare of a fowler. There are animals when they get their foot stuck in a trap, they will gnaw off their own leg just to free themselves from the trap. That's how we should treat debt. Run away, don't sleep, wake up and flee from debt. That's how we should live our lives. Debt is bad, so let's get away from it. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 17, says that stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. And when you are buying things that you don't have money to afford, you're stealing from yourself. And it might taste sweet in the moment, but it's gonna turn to gravel in your mouth. So it's time to wake up and flee from debt, to flee from debt. And, and I would just say this, we're gonna talk a lot of practicalities next week, but I would just say this, okay? There's some debt that's really bad, including credit card debt. And if you are not regularly, monthly paying off your credit card, don't use credit cards. Some people tell you just cut them all up and burn them, you know, whatever. And, and I would say this, if you have regular times that you're not paying off your credit card monthly, you need to get rid of your credit cards. It's just like an alcoholic. Okay, some people can drink a little bit here and there and it's okay. But if you are finding yourself regularly drunk, you need to get rid of alcohol. You need to get sober. Some people, you you need to get sober about your credit card spending. 
It's time to wake up. And you're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I can pay it off. Plus I'm getting points. Like, no, you're putting yourself straight into debt slavery. It's time to wake up to that realization. That is bad debt. Let's flee from it like your life depended on it. So that's the first thing. Wake up to the dangers of debt and flee from it. The second thing that we need to wake up to is that we need to wake up to upcoming needs and start saving. We need to wake up that there will be needs coming up in the future and we need to start saving for those things that will be coming. Let's keep reading in verse six now. Solomon says, go to the ant, you sluggard. I love that word sluggard. Okay, this is, we could say slacker today, okay? It's all over the book of Proverbs. This is the, the person who's not working hard. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Look at the ant, he says. Consider its ways and be wise. Okay, some of you guys need to go to the Museum of Natural History. All right, you, you need to go to the Nature of Science Museum and just study the ants, he's saying. Why? Because it has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it what? Stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. So here's the thing. You look at the ant. The ant doesn't need somebody telling it to save up because it knows I've got to work hard when there's summer. I've got to work hard when there's harvest so that when the winter comes, I have food to eat. The ants know that. The animals know that. And a bunch of humans are stupid and don't know that. So it's time to wake up. You will have future needs. They are coming. And I know this because one survey just said, hey, to, to people, they said, in the last year, have you had a financial emergency or crisis that was hard for you to handle financially. And 80% of Americans, four out of five said yes. So if that happened to four out of five Americans in the last year, it's gonna happen probably to four out of five Americans in the next year, because we're actually getting worse with finances as a country. So this means you probably will have something that you don't foresee, don't know about, and it's gonna be hard. It might be a small thing and you just, okay, I gotta you know, replace my refrigerator or, or it might be a bigger thing, a, a new car that I need to get or, or hey, I'm out of work or there's this health emergency. You will have emergencies in life financially and that's why we need to start saving for those things. You know, saving is a very biblical concept. Look, look at Proverbs 21, 20 with me. In that verse, we read that the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And if three quarters of Americans are living to paycheck to paycheck, it means we got a lot of fools in our country. That's not the way we're supposed to live. We're actually supposed to save for the future. Some people are like, no, Matt, I thought I would just want to be a person of faith. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, so I'm going to spend everything I got today. Okay. Let me tell you this. That is not faith. That's foolishness. We are told to save up for the future, to store away for the future. We're not hoarding, we're saving up what we need. Uh, I'm just, we're gonna talk more about savings next week, but what I wanna just challenge you, and this is just the David Ramsey thing, is start by getting a $1,000 starter fund. Like that's a great emergency fund. Start out, save up $1,000. Once you take care of like debt and a lot of other things, start building that up to three or six months so you could really withstand a big emergency. But I think one of the first things we need to do is start saving like that $1,000. It will help you because you will have problems coming up. You will have emergencies. That's the second thing. Wake up to upcoming needs and start saving. Our, our third item, and this is our big, big idea, our third point is that we need to wake up and get to work. Wake up and get to work. If we keep reading in our passage in verse nine, 
It says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? Okay, he's talking to his son, remember. This is in love. You slacker. Maybe he was a teenager. Um, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, he says. A little folding of the hands to rest. And what happens? And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Here, here's the thing. You know, it's so much easier to hit the snooze button. I just don't want to think about my financial future. I don't want to deal with it. Just, just want to hit the snooze button. And literally, sometimes it's easier to sleep. Beds are comfortable. Sleep is nice. But that's what's going to lead us into poverty. It's a guarantee. I do want to say this. Just because someone is in poverty doesn't mean that they don't work hard. But if you don't work hard, you will end up in poverty. You will end up in poverty. It takes hard work. There is no way around it. We have to be diligent. We have to get up. We have to get to work. We have to work hard. We have to get smarter and wiser about how we're handling our own personal money. So we don't just say, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't do well at math in school. It doesn't matter. You still need to do math now. We still have to get smarter now and manage our money. And, and it's not going to just be given to you and handed to you. Some of you are just waiting for President Biden to cut your debt right now, okay? And he did for a few lucky people this last week. But, but the government is not gonna bail you out of all of your debt. I promise, they won't. You won't win the lottery, guys. And if you are banking on that and you're paying what economists call the dumb tax so that maybe you can make it rich, it's not gonna happen. Nor will someone die and give you this great inheritance. That stuff isn't gonna happen. And even if it did, if you're not good at managing your money now, you will end up bankrupt then. I promise you. Like, it will be a curse for you to get all that money at one time because you won't know how to manage it. Instead, we need to learn to be faithful and manage our finances now, to work hard now. And those are the people that God blesses. He really does. Proverbs 14, verse 23, says that there is profit in hard work, but mere talk leads to poverty. So please, don't just listen to me talk today. Hope you don't do that any week. <laughs> but this message in particular, you should not leave this message and be like, oh, that was a good message. Let's go get some French fries, right? Okay. It, 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 you need to put this into practice. I'm gonna give you homework for today and actually this entire series. I'm gonna give you homework. You've got to do the hard work. You've gotta go home and be diligent and do the work and I will give you one thing to do for homework today because we can't just let it be talk or else that will lead us to poverty. We have to work hard. You will not get rich. We need to work hard. Proverbs 28, 20. I love how it's um, paraphrased in the message. It says, committed and persistent work pays off. Get rich quick schemes are ripoffs. So if you're like, oh, I'm gonna invest in this crypto. It's gonna free me. No, okay? You've gotta work hard. And it's gonna take hard work and diligence if you wanna find financial freedom. Nobody is going to hand this to you. So are you gonna wake up? It's time to wake up, church. God wants you to have financial freedom for you to make the decisions you want in life and to be more generous. And most of you cannot do what you want in life or be the kind of generous person you want to be because you're not managing your finances now. Hey, that was pretty good timing. Did you hear that alarm? <laughs> it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. And my takeaway from today 
one point of application. If we're gonna wake up and start getting to work, there's a lot of things we can do. On our website, you can find out some stuff if you wanna get ahead. We'll talk specifics next week. If you wanna sign up for financial peace, you should do that. All that, that's good. But the one takeaway is you need to be awake to your own financial situation. It's time to get a grasp on it. So stop hiding bills, not looking at accounts because you're afraid what's gonna be in there. No, it's time to wake up. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 27, it says this. Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever. In those days, there were no bank accounts. There were no investment funds. There were their flocks and herds. And the more animal you had, the bigger your business was and the wealthier you were. And what we're supposed to recognize in this is that we need to know what our financial situation is. We need to know it or else poverty will come on you because riches do not endure forever. So, You've got to know what your things are, your financial condition, and this is what you need, four things, okay? Four things, this is your homework. I want you to write down these four things in detail. If you can, put them on one page or one Excel document. Is one, you need to know what you owe. You need to know how much debt you have, to who, and what the interest rates are. It's a big deal. Write down what you owe. Let's look at the full picture and try to get a total on that too, okay? Say, what do I owe? The second thing is, what do I own? Even if you have a lot of debt, you also have some assets. And some of it might be a house or a vehicle, but some other things, just what's in your closet. Because there are things you own and you might want to actually sell some of those things you own in order to have more financial freedom. Okay, so what do you owe? What do you own? The third one is what comes in? What is your financial income? What are those sources? Is it variable or is it fixed? You need to know what that is after taxes, okay? Don't just go pie in the sky and just hope you're making a lot of money. You need to know exactly what your income is. And the fourth thing you need to know what goes out. What are your expenses? And you need to track these, look at them. You can use a few different apps that we link to on arisedenver.com slash money to track those things. But if you just have a financial institution that you're using for online banking, you can check in that and there's probably um, some sort of uh, thing that does there and it shows you your spending over the last six months. Almost every banking institution has that for free built into their website. So you can look at that and you can see this is what I've been spending on the last six months. There's no use in saying, well, I think this is what I spend. No, no. Look what you actually spend on, on what you spend it on. So what do you owe, what do you own, what comes in and what goes out? Step one is to figure out your true financial situation, wake up to it, so then now we can start getting to work. And then you're gonna come back next week and we're gonna talk some specifics, okay? And let me tell you, financial freedom is possible. It really is. And I want you to hear this story from my sister-in-law. Uh, this would be Melissa's brother's wife. Um, this is my interview with my sister-in-law, Dion. Let's watch this video. I'm Dion Atkinson, and um, I live in Grand Junction, Colorado, and uh, Matt is my brother-in-law. <laughs> well, thanks for doing this. Um, yeah, I just sure. wanted to hear a little bit of your story about getting out of debt and finding financial freedom. Well, at the time, it was probably ballpark about 50000 okay. in debt. Um, did not feel great. <laughs> Very burdensome. It's when it's that big or larger. It feels overwhelming. We were on one income at the time and Christopher was going back to school to change careers. And we just were not making very much money. And with that debt, we were kind of pretty much paycheck to paycheck. And we had heard a sermon about just tithing and honoring God with your finances. And we just knew that that was the direction we wanted to go with our family was to find a way to tithe faithfully, but not feel 
you know, like we were just giving our very last penny and we had no plan. And then our church offered Dave Ramsey's financial peace. Tell me what you did to get out of that $50,000 in debt. The first thing that we did was um, we looked at our largest debt and our smallest debt. What happened was we had an unfortunate tragic event where um, a couple of people passed away and we inherited a car. And that sounds really funny. How's a car going to get you out of debt? But we had one car payment and one other car that we had just barely paid off. So we sold the oldest vehicle and then used that money, which was like roughly 5000 and paid off the car payment to the other car. And so by doing that, we already eliminated that debt. And then what we did is we took that car payment and we applied that amount to the credit card debt until we got it paid off. Yep. And then we took that amount and started paying towards um, the school. Now we did have some gifts, which we know God provided, and we could have just blown that money. And we took that and, and also paid off the school loans with that extra money sure. along with what we were already yeah, accumulating. Of course, in the midst of that, we had to sacrifice some of the yeah. lifestyle that we would like to have had. What was it like? We used to eat out quite a bit, said, okay, you know, we're just really going to have to cut that to almost nothing. We ate cheaper things such as spaghetti, mm -hmm. rice and beans. Then we would go hiking and do things that didn't cost money. Also biked to work. All of that added up. How long did it take all in to get out of $50,000 in debt? Ballpark was about 18 months. If I get this right, you guys made that commitment. We're going to get out of debt. And then God provided that vehicle. Once we decided to get out of debt, you know, we were praying, of course, it yeah. was like the class came and then we started learning those principles, started kind of applying them. And then the car, which came much, much later. And of course, then also there was a gift too, that was unexpected. Yeah. Okay. And I just know that that's God's faithfulness to us for sure. How did it feel once you were out of debt? Oh man, <laughs> you know, it's the, the typical cliche of a burden being lifted off of you. We were so excited yep. that we just wanted to shout it out to the whole world, you know? Yeah. We wanted to just be like Braveheart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Gibson, freedom! Yeah, for sure. Like, so excited. Freedom! Okay, it's possible. But you've got to wake up and get to work. So that's what I'm going to challenge you. So today, this, this week, your homework is to figure out your true financial situation. Because without being awake and aware of where you are financially, we're not gonna get out of debt. We're not gonna find the financial freedom. But that's where we have to start and then come back next week as we'll talk about some very practical things that we can do so that we can find financial freedom. Um, and, and I do just wanna say this. Jesus wants you to have financial freedom, but even more than that, he wants you to have freedom from your sin, okay? And here's some really good news. To get financial freedom is gonna take a lot of hard work. It's gonna take a lot of hard work. But to find freedom from your sin in Jesus Christ only means you have to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved because Jesus actually paid your debt in full. Isn't that amazing? And that's the good news that we believe in Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, became poor for our sake. He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins and give us an opportunity and a new and better life. And I just wanna invite you to that. And that's what we're gonna be celebrating here in a few minutes with our baptisms. But I just wanna close uh, with some prayer right now. So could everybody close your eyes? 
um, and, and bow your heads with me. Lord God, um, I pray that you would, would challenge us. It's a hard message to hear because some of us are living in debt. We have uh, made bad decisions in the past or what we thought were good decisions in the past, but now it's just keeping us in that slavery. And Lord God, we want freedom. I know so many people here want freedom to live the life that you've called them into, freedom to live the life of love and generosity that we wish we could do. Um, and Lord God, I just pray that you'd enable us all to walk into that, to find true financial freedom in you. And with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're ready to declare Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you want freedom from your sin today, from your guilt, to know that you are forgiven now, given new life now, and eternal life with Jesus forever in heaven, if you want that, all you need to do is say a simple prayer to, to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to say a prayer, to repeat this after me. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, forgive me. In faith, I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Help me to follow you and walk in true freedom for the rest of my life. Now with eyes closed and heads bowed, if you said that prayer for the first time and if Jesus today for the first time is your Lord and Savior, we wanna celebrate with you and we wanna give you a gift of a book. Um, so put your hand in the air on the count of three. One, two, three, if you said that prayer for the first time. Um, I see a few hands raised, keep them up. And we have a couple here in the front, one here in the back and another one over here. If we can pass these books out, that would be awesome. Let's celebrate with those who are making a decision today. Um, Lord God, I'm just so grateful that you save us, um, that you want us to walk in freedom and you want us to walk into financial freedom as well, Lord God. We wanna follow you there because what you have for us is the better life, the fullest life. Um, and, and Lord God, help us walk into that. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. I'm Matt Wolf, the lead pastor at Arise Church Denver, and we're all about helping people follow Jesus, and we wanna help you follow Jesus. Because of that, if you're newish, even if you're just checking us out online, go down below in the description and fill out that form at arisedenver.com new. And if this message has impacted you at all, please go to arisedenver.com give so that you can give back and help more people find out the message of Jesus Christ.